0: Welcome to the Early Accountability Podcast hosted by Kimmy Walker. Kimmy has a track record of serving as a behavior change and improvement catalyst for individuals, groups and organizations. Get ready to make the best version of yourself a priority. Now welcome, Kimmy Walker. Welcome back to the next episode of the Early Accountability Podcast. Kimmy Walker here, your host. I wanted to get into some different guests for the next couple of weeks. I know that right now, this year, especially this whole year, 2020 has been quite an adventure to say the least. And one of the big things I'm seeing is that, People are having to do things differently. We're having to find new normals for ourselves, and we're still having to find ways to navigate through COVID and everything else that we already had going for ourselves amidst this new normal and amidst how we're going through the pandemic. A big area where I've seen a lot of differences, and I think everybody has, has been in education or academics or what we're doing for ourselves intellectually, whether it's pre-K through 12 or higher education. So our guest today is Angel Marchese and she is going to talk to us. She is a recent law school grad and was just recently admitted into the bar. She passed the bar exam and I'm so excited about that because she did it on the first try. So, Angel, first off, thank you for being on the show. And congratulations. Um, we're so happy Thank to have you Thank you so you much. Here. You have a very intricate background. So you've been in the military. You went to law school. You have a family. So why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself and just your journey?
1: Okay, so as she said, I am Angel Marchese. I am a recent graduate of OCU School of Law, which is the Oklahoma City University School of Law. Um, 2020 grad, so it was very different for us with the pandemic. We obviously completed the first two and a half years traditionally, and as we were finishing our last stretch, this pandemic hit. So when we left for spring break, we were not authorized to come back. So we We had to figure out how to finish law school online, which we joke about that. That should never happen. If your attorney got his or her degree online, you should reconsider. But (laughs) we had to figure this out. So our school was great with coming with a plan, coming up with a plan within the week that we were out for spring break to keep us as normal and as on task as possible without going back to school. So we were doing everything via Zoom, which for me was... A hurdle in itself because right. I am not one to be disciplined enough to go to school online and to pay <laughs> attention. So yeah, it, has, that it was an hard obstacle hard in itself. Yes. But um, it's just something that we had to forge through. And this is law school, so this is not an easy subject to uh, grasp without a professor standing right in front of you for some people, and I was one of those people. So that was definitely a hurdle that I had to get over. But um, we made it through. And (laughs) as um, with everything that was being thrown at us, it was a real check on your discipline and your mental health and your ability to just overcome whatever obstacles are thrown at you. And I'm very proud to say that we all made it through. It was not easy. And the end result was basically that we didn't get to commemorate our achievement the way that most people do, but it doesn't negate the fact that we did this, that we overcame these obstacles and we were able to graduate law school on time and on task.
0: Yes, and even on top
1: of that, you took the bar and passed. <laughs> As scheduled during the pandemic. So <laughs> Oklahoma was one of those stubborn states that did not want to reschedule the bar. They didn't want to delay it. They didn't want to come up with other solutions um, like taking it online or maybe staggering the students that took it or even letting each prospective law school give their own bar exam. Mm. They said no to all of that. And the, the plan was to take it on the 28th and 29th, I think it was, of July as scheduled. And all three law schools here in Oklahoma were going to come together and take the bar exam just the way that they've always done, but they did keep in mind the CDC's requirements that we needed to wear masks and we needed to be six feet apart. That was essentially the only change. Wow. It was very disheartening because we felt like we had no support from local attorneys saying, okay, this is not okay. Right. Most of the attorneys were saying, you know what, we took the bar exam, so nobody cares that it's a pandemic, you need to take it too. But I think that kind of fueled us to be better, to do better, to actually become the law school class that scored the highest. Wow. If I'm not mistaken, we accomplished that. Okay. We had an 80% passage rate okay. uh, this time during a pandemic, which Oklahoma usually is in the about the 75 percentile. So we were very excited about that. We were a little discouraged to begin with, but we used that to kind of motivate us right. to do better. So Absolutely. yes, we made it. First time goes, 80% of us. Oh, great. You were one of them. I was.
0: Kudos to you because that is just amazing to do all of that from Everything that's happened, especially since March, and then to still do that and to just go and excel at that, that's awesome. Even like you said, is instruction just became completely different, especially towards the end. You know, when people, I was talking about that on last week's episode, so when people kind of get like, oh, I'm just going to study, the bar is not something you can just like cram for like the day before, or, you know. And so as you're closer to the test, you know, people want to study a little bit more. But like you said, what you're used to, that face-to-face instruction was kind of gone, For you, towards the tail end, and it was really leaning a lot on yourself. Absolutely. One thing I know we talked about, you said, Well, you know, I'm not really technically, uh, you didn't feel like you were a quote unquote traditional law student. And I think this is an important fact to put and just put some emphasis on. um, You had a lot of different responsibilities that still took place in your life, even as you went through law school. Tell the audience a little bit about why you chose to go to law school and what was your journey to that and why do you say, you know, when you say I'm not traditional, kind of explain why you
1: say that, why you chose law. How do we get here to where we are today? Okay, so the main reason that I always labeled myself as a non-traditional law school student is because I am way older (laughs) than most of my classmates. I had a whole career prior to going to law school. I joined the military, the Army, uh, to be exact, on active duty at 17 years old. So I became a paralegal in the JAG Corps at 17 years old, and I did a couple of tours. Even after my tours on active duty were over, I came back because I loved it so much, and I became a, a Department of the Army civilian with the Army to kind of keep doing what I was doing and have the best of both worlds and still serve my country and serve soldiers. And um, when you become a DA civilian, there's kind of a glass ceiling. So once you hit that, there's really nowhere to go. Um, There's no way to progress once you've gotten to that position. And I felt like that's where I was. And although I was complacent in being at the top of the game, I knew my job. I knew what my days were going to consist of. I still kind of felt like something was missing. But Mm -hmm. I was too scared to take that next step because I Mm -hmm. was comfortable where I was. Right. But I had some help from some attorneys who thought that I was kind of selling myself short and settling. And they kind of gave me that push that I needed to step outside of my comfort zone and go to that next level, which as a mother, as a wife, as um, a co-provider, that's hard to do because you literally have to let go of everything and take a leap of faith, not knowing whether you're going to be successful or not. So that was very scary, but I think it was something that I needed to do because my dreams of leaving this world a better place than I found mm-hmm. it were kind of being put in a box by me. Right. And I needed to take that next step so I could do more so that I could be better.
0: And I think that's a really big, huge point. Um So just as you explain it, like, you had became a big fish in a little pond, <laughs> you needed to go and go to the next thing. But there is a lot of comfort, especially I know you said a lot of people were telling you how good you were at what you do. There's a lot of comfort we get from that and just being good at something. And oh absolutely, whether it comes to us naturally, or we've worked to achieve it, what have you, you perfected that craft and became so great at it that it became like automatic. And when you get to that level, it is hard because at a certain point, it just smoothly goes for you. So, that transition of, you know, being a big fish in a little pond now to a huge pond, and now you're like the little fish in a big yeah. pond.
1: <laughs> so, uh, essentially, I'm going to have to start over. And that was exactly. my biggest fear. Uh, how do you go from being to the top of your game to right. having to start at the bottom of the totem pole? Right. But if it's something that you want bad enough, that's just a step that you have to take.
0: What was it like? Talk to us about the transition. So the transition from being a paralegal, getting ready to start law school. What was that whole transition like for you? And how was it like once you started? What things did you feel like you had to kind of adjust in order to go forward with this goal?
1: So the biggest transition that I had to make was quitting my job. Mm. that was probably the scariest thing. Because again, I have a family. Now granted, I have a husband who also works. But now I have to have this conversation with him that I'm about to quit my job. So for the next three years, it is all on you. And that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. (laughs) But he was a good sport about it. And he was 100% supportive. And he understood what we were getting into. And he was okay, if this is your dream, if this is what you want to do, then I support you. Right. That was so scary for me that I literally worked up until the week before I was scheduled to start law school because oh, I, wow. I, I could not bring myself to quit, right. <laughs> but I, I right. knew I had to. Mm-hmm. I did. I quit my job and I went to school full time. Time I remained where I was living, which was an hour and a half commute one way from where I was going to school. So that was another obstacle that I had to overcome because I hate driving, especially in the city. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 that, that was huge for me. But, um, it was just something that I had to do in order to achieve this goal, and for me. This was something that I've always wanted to do. I knew as a little girl that I Mm -hmm. wanted to be a lawyer. I remember watching Bill Clinton, who was the president at the time, going through his impeachment process. And at that moment, I recall thinking that I wanted to be a lawyer because Mm -hmm. lawyers are the only people in the world that are more powerful than the president. And that's who I wanted to be because it takes power Mm, to affect change. And that's what I wanted to do. I needed to be in a position to affect change. I kind of got sidetracked when I was in the military. I was still on the right track. I was a paralegal, but I got comfortable being a paralegal and I was okay just being a paralegal and kind of lost sight of what I really wanted to do. So it did take someone else to push me out of my comfort zone to um, try. Kind of remind me of yeah. my purpose in life. Yes,
0: yes. And yes. that's
1: what this is about fulfilling my purpose.
0: What are some things you tapped into or some dialogue that you had with yourself to really see or know what your purpose was? And when did you know? exactly when it was time to take the plunge, because I want people to know if they have a similar feeling that it might be time to actually take that transition. Although that was a huge transition and I know it just doesn't happen overnight. You know, how did you know exactly this is something that I'm passionate about and I have to pursue?
1: And when did you know it was time to take the plunge? So I have always been passionate about helping people. That's my thing. That's what I do. I see somebody in trouble and something going was often me, I have to be everybody's superwoman. So I've always had that complex. And as a paralegal, I could do that. But I was limited as to what I could do to help people. And I got to a point where I didn't want to be limited anymore. I wanted to be able Mm. to help people unapologetically and not have to ask for permission. And I think that's when it clicked with me that you're selling yourself short, and this is not where you're supposed to be. This was just putting you on the right track to where you are supposed to be, but you're not there yet. Mm. So I had to figure out what I was willing to do to get to where I needed to be, because at that point, I hadn't even finished undergrad. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, and I was married and I, I had a child and I was about to have another. So, oh, nice. so yes, you still had to finish
0: so, undergrad first. Yes. Oh. I
1: still had to finish undergrad first, so I was on the right track. I had my second child and I took a little bit of a break after I felt like I was. Back in a comfortable position, I got right back to it and I finished it straight out with a newborn and all because I understood that this is what I needed to do to yes. fulfill my purpose. Right, right. And I also understood that a lot of sacrifices would come with that. Mm, yes. But these were sacrifices that needed to be made if I was going to fulfill my purpose. Right. And so you knew all
0: the steps, I'm assuming like from talking to other lawyers and doing your research of what you needed to do to get yourself even there to be able to get into law school first. I know because a mission, just getting into law school is is a feat within itself. You know, that's quite an accomplishment. (laughs) And you already had children when you went to apply. Yes, yes. So it was already a lot of other, so you were working full time, mother, newborn, you know, Finishing up undergrad, you know, a family, and trying to finish the requirements to even apply for law school, and then you did. You got in. That's
1: amazing. I did. Thank God.
0: (laughs) Yes. And so I always to talk on my show about the importance of your circle or your winner circle or who's around you too, and that you are having like different types of people. Those ones that are always too like kind of encouraging you and being like, you know, have you thought about this? Have you thought about more? And so. It's also, too, I think a big thing is about being grateful for where we're at, but seeing what is the next step or the next goal that we're working on. Because success is never really a destination. I think it's all a journey. And just continue to work and to perfect your craft. Absolutely. That is awesome. And
1: speaking on that, we did touch on your family support and your circle of friends yes but hold on
0: guess what because you know what i think we're going to pause for the cause because that's a whole other topic in itself and that's something (laughs) i definitely want to talk about so what we're going to do is angel is amazing she has so much to tell us and i want you to tune back in next week because we are about to dive into this because i think this is this whole on show like i said angel at this point has been in the military been in the army active duty went to college, went back to college to finish undergrad. She's married. She's had children. She's had two children, and she's gotten into law school. And so what a lot of people will see, and you were a full-time employee, is a lot of other people a lot of things around you that need you a lot of other responsibilities around you and so on next week's episode we're going to talk about how to still reach and achieve your goals even when we already have a lot of commitments a lot of other responsibilities in our lives and how to not have guilt about going after our goals so as always thank you for tuning into the early accountability podcast tune back in because i know you're not going to miss what's coming up next week until next time It was a pleasure to have you join us on this episode of the Early Accountability Podcast with Kimmy Walker. Be sure to visit earlyaccountability.com to sign up for the Early Accountability Newsletter. We look forward to activating your greatness and helping you reach your goals.